you know, politicians do have to think about what we say. And I think the trouble with Twitter, the instantness of it, <laughs> is, is I think there's too many twits might make a twat. Hello, and welcome to the Open Conservative Project podcast with me, Sam Colson, and my co-host, Tom Hobson. Tom, how are you? I'm very well. Good morning, Sam. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Um, well, <laughs> well, having said that, when was the last time we actually did one of these? Uh, I don't know, but this November? is this is season three. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly be- become season three, hasn't it? It's become a long enough break to become season three. Um, our absence can be explained by a mix of being very busy with, you know, real life things. Uh, co- What's that? COVID, which I had, and you dodged that yeah. bullet somehow. And then, of course, Christmas. So, you know, now we're back. We're recording this on, what is it, the 6th of January. So early into the new year. This is the one where we make it habit, Tom. This is it. (laughs) This is the time. Mm -hmm. Um, If you say so, Sam. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, we're we're back. It feels nice to be back and doing doing the old podcast again, I think. Well, life's a bit back to normal now. You know, work yesterday. Gonna have to go to work after this. <laughs> yeah, well, we all feel like that. Um, good. Well, should we? Uh, should we dive? Well, what are we going to do? What are we going to talk about this week, Tom? So the last, the last episode, you're talking about your dog chewing stuff in the background. So apologies to all the listeners yes. for that. The last episode. Uh, we did actually record another one, but you were sitting in your kitchen and the washing machine was so <laughs> was so loud that I, I got halfway through editing and I was like, oh, I'm not putting this out. So that that doesn't <laughs> exist. There's another one that's lost lost to the mists of time. Um, Sorry, Sam. So yeah, hopefully little Stevie will be better better behaved than the washing machine. Um, yeah, he is. Of course, he is. Anyway. What, Tom, are we going to talk about today? Well, I think a lot has happened since we last mm. talked. Um, obviously, season wine gate, Christmas parties, etc., <laughs> etc. Et yeah. Omicron, Omicron, Omicron. However, however the hell you want to say it. Yeah. Um, what else has happened? Am I being thick? No, I think the, the macro kind of takeaway is Boris is less in favour with the backbench MPs than he was yeah. two months ago, say. And, yeah. uh, you know, we 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 seem, you know, touch wood, or we're kind of in the midst of it, to have dodged the Omicron bullet to a degree in this country, yeah. and we seem to be boosting fairly effectively, which is, you know, a, a good thing. Um, but, yeah, the, the, macro, the kind of political position is, Boris Johnson really not doing as well. A lot of rumblings and chat now. So maybe what we should do, I did suggest this the other day, maybe we should make this kind of a predictions episode and kind of take uh, yeah, okay. kind of take a bit of a, a further lookout rather than getting into the nitty gritty. Because you know, ultimately the the, the new the, the news this morning is uh, you know Keir Starmer got COVID again. Uh, national insu- national insurance discussions at cabinet yesterday, and yeah. some Omicron stuff. Like it's it's nothing that interesting to dig into necessarily. So no, it's not like Geronimo. That episode was amazing. That was amazing. 
Um, no big news events like Geronimo happening. So, <laughs> nothing, nothing of critical policy importance. So I, I think we should do a predictions focused one. Uh, the the first. Okay, well we can give it a go. Yeah, the the <laughs> first one, the first kind of topic, Tom, is who do you yeah. think will be leader of the Conservative Party this time next year? Oh, it's a big one. I mean, <laughs> instinctively, I think my money is actually still on Boris Johnson mm-hmm. this time next year. Although. I think he'll be potentially in a considerably weaker position than he even is now. Yes, you're right. A lot of people were chattering about getting rid of him probably early December. Mm. And that was driven by the fact that he's <clears throat> his unique ability has always been as a winner. And then as a result of all these Christmas parties, we've got a massive dip in dive in the polls. Um, that has actually, I don't know if you've noticed, come back slightly mm. in the last week or so following his decision not to lock down the country in comparison to the Labour Party in Wales yeah. and she who must not be named in Scotland. <laughs> and I'm not surprised that's come back slightly because yeah. we're also seeing a little bit of evidence that actually Keir Starbra is back to his usual tricks of not being very good at being leader of the opposition. <laughs> um, and I think we might have kind of touched on that point of are we going to revert back to the norm mm. in a previous episode yeah. because of the fundamentals in politics at the moment. And I think we're, we've seen the big dive and we're seeing the upward trend, but it's not necessarily as strong as it has been before. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if it continues. Equally, I wouldn't be surprised if it all stays a bit static and we're, you know, anything up to five points behind in the polls, yeah. which wouldn't be unusual for this time in an election cycle. No. So are people just going to get rid of him without a clear alternative or let him bumble on for another 12 months, which is why I think he'll be there in a year's time. Yeah. Uh, I am inclined to agree with you on all of those points. I think you're right that the the point being without without a real clear alternative, it's very tough to get rid of him. You know, you look at what was happening to Theresa May when the party was really rebelling against her, and you know who was there yeah. waiting in the wings. It was obviously it was Boris. You know, he was yeah. jostling and you know not doing it really himself, but definitely allowing others to do it for him and kind of ra- yep. rallying the troops and all that kind of stuff. And there doesn't seem to be that figure at the moment trying to undercut Boris. Well, Matt Hancock came out and said, oh, oh he could be next leader of the... <laughs> <laughs> oh, when I saw that, I just I just thought, what? I mean, what, flat it? <laughs> I know, I know. Honestly. It's like, do you remember in about 20... I want to say 2015, Nicky Morgan tried to drum up a load of support at... At party conference or something for her to be the next leader and everyone was like what really I mean, is that really <laughs> you sure <laughs> and it feels like that but like three steps lower you know like the guy had yes. to resign because of a, a sex scandal he's not going to lead the party he's he's no. not gonna you know not that having a sex scandal has ever stopped any of our any of our leaders. Um, well, that is true. But it, doesn't stop Boris Johnson, does it? Well, quite. But it doesn't. Anyway, it's just not. It's just insane, isn't it? Um, 
it's not going to happen. Let's move on from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think I think we're agreed. He's still going to be there, you know, barring a big disaster. Yes, yes. Um, but it has been interesting, like over Christmas, engaging with people who are not into politics, uh, and there, you know, a lot of chat. Which is not me bringing this up. Is oh, you know, Boris has got to go, and these are like normal people. Yes, you know, these aren't you know. You're not normal insidery, person. you know, whatever London people, but like it has been a running theme, and I do wonder if like the population, population at large, is getting fed up with him, and I think that's reflected in in the uh, who do you think would make the best prime minister polling score, which now Keir Starmer is leading on. Not in the last one. Oh really? Is it flipped back again? Boris was back on top in the last one. I think it was Redfield and Wilton. Um, but he was back on top, not by much. But okay. this is to my point of Keir Starmer's actually proving he's not very good at being leader of the opposition. It's such a fluid situation at the moment, and I think actually a lot of people feel better following North Shropshire mm. because you know the point was made, the punch hit, yeah, and it's kind of you're not king of the world as you <laughs> wanted to be. Yeah. You are still prime minister based on the electorate that votes Conservative or who, whoever else. Yeah. And there was a little bit of bloodletting because North Shropshire, ultra safe conservative mm. seat, point proven. You know, are, is, <clears throat> if he's going to prove that he's listened to that, people might be more willing to forgive him. And actually, you know, memory is quite short in politics sometimes. Yeah. No. And if you look at if you look at the data of the polling, why why has the Conservative Party dropped, and where have these people gone? They haven't actually gone anywhere else. They've gone towards apathy. Mm. By and large. So do you think they'll swing back from apathy, you know, when it comes up to the next Well, it's much easier or... to swing back from apathy than, than a committed sure. vote for someone else. Sure. Much easier. Yeah, very interesting. And the Conservative Party tactics classically are scare these people witless into voting for them. <laughs> sure. Isn't it? Yeah. It is. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Um... talk about Liz Truss briefly um, she just before Christmas was making a lot of noise and I think she, yeah. she did a big spread in like the Sunday Times and I, I used the word spread there very carefully as there were some horrendous photographs with her of her in her like trouser suit you know doing power poses and all this kind of stuff it was very yeah. odd um, she seems to be the kind of stalking horse at the moment uh, she's yep. leading the kind of conservative home, you know, preferred cabinet minister polling, which is polls of Tory members, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's popular and that kind of thing. Do you think that's going anywhere, Tom? Or do you think it's just positioning? Um, personally, I don't. I mean, you look at the last few and the front runner, other than Boris Johnson, doesn't tend to then go on to win. Mm-hmm. So I don't think she's necessarily going to win. Um, I think I remember seeing a tweet. I don't know who tweeted it along the lines of Liz Truss has never really had to deliver anything. Yeah. And now she's in a position and a job where she does have to deliver something. Yeah. And is she going to come up with the goods? She hasn't been in the job that long. So there's plenty of time for her to come up with something. Yeah. The dog has finally stopped chewing. So we should lose that background noise oh, now. Good. Um, so I think, I think that is an open question. Yeah. And also it's worth saying like the job she's in is it's it's a career killer in a way it's the last few people that have held that job have just fully resigned and are now on the back benches because it's oh because it's essentially 
an impossible task, you know, dare I say. That didn't stop Boris Johnson. <laughs> Again, he <laughs> and never... when Liz Truss was asked who her, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. her favourite foreign secretary was, she said Boris Johnson. Yeah, well, but I, I'm referencing her job now as yeah, essentially DEX-EU, you know. Department practicing the European Union, like that's. Oh right, yeah, yeah, that one. You know the new bit, yeah, like Foreign Secretary, yeah, it's of it. You need to deliver, but also you you can be a bit wishy washy, because ultimately the Prime Minister <laughs> is in large part responsible for foreign affairs. Um, True. Uh, Dex EU, which I know it's not called that anymore, but you know, with my twenty sixteen hat on, it, yeah. I yeah, I mean that's really hard. Obviously, Lord Frost resigned because of how hard that job was, because compromise was essentially impossible. I, I think actually that's the biggest story that we've glossed over, which mm-hmm. is Lord Frost resigning. You know, a man who, prior to being the negotiator for the Brexit process, was actually an impartial civil servant. Turns out to be a massive ally of Boris Johnson mm-hmm. politically, kind of plucked from nowhere as far as public perception is. You know, he's yep. not your classic conservative. And he was given free reign, essentially. And he turned round at the idea of more restrictions and resigned as one of the closest kind of free reign characters in Boris Johnson's administration. Mm. That, to me, is the biggest sign of weakness in the current Prime Minister's position. That's interesting. I read his resignation completely differently, which was that that was a convenient excuse. And this okay. is what most of the kind of Westminster chatter was at the time, which is actually, yeah, he does feel this way about uh, so-called vaccine passports, but ultimately this he's resigning because he's been put into an impossible position vis-a-vis Brexit. Yeah. And yeah. this is like a way of him of getting out, you know, of, of okay. because he can't fudge that. He was pushing very hard for the kind of triggering of Article 16 and all this stuff. And the go- yeah. government lawyers, etc., were pushing back very hard, and so was the kind of commentariat, etc. And he thought, oh, "I'll stop this," and he, and he's off. And he used the vaccine passport thing. I, uh, yeah, I just didn't. I don't take it at face value. I also think, in terms of levels of importance, it was a bad in a Westminster Village way before Christmas. Yeah, but public perception. I'm guessing oh, one in a hundred could could say yeah. who he was. If that, like, yeah. I don't, I don't think anyone actually cares. Um, no, no, I, I agree with you. I don't think anyone really cares. Um, but but in Westminster, it's probably a loss of power from the centre. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, no, you're right. It's know. worth touching on though. I'd I'd kind of forgotten about it to be frank. Well, that, I mean, that says it all, really, if it's not a long-sticking story. It's not like Dominic Cummings resigning and, you know, that no, would It's not. It's not. So coming back to Liz Truss, is she going to be the next leader of the party? My answer is no. Yeah, my answer is also no. Who do you think will be the next Tory leader? Oh. Oh, oh. Well, that's notoriously difficult to predict, isn't it, Sam? <laughs> My money, though, would be on potentially one of two people mm-hmm. um, who are currently outside of the running. Well, actually, one of them is Nadim Sahawi uh-huh. and Penny Mordaunt. Oh, interesting. Okay. Which is a bit of a left-field one. Yeah, yeah, A bit yeah. of a left-field one. Um, She's my um, 
she's she's I, I like her. I like what she says. I like her backstory. Yeah. Um, and you know she's had serious jobs. She has. She has. And she's also given very funny speeches, which of course helps. Um, Obviously. Do you remember the work for Boris Johnson? Do you remember didn't the it? Oh Do you remember the uh, the cock incident, Tom, in with Penny Warden? Where she was apparently this is years ago. This is probably like twenty thirteen or something. She she's ex uh, Navy in some capacity, and she was bet yeah. by a load of old ex Navy friends that she couldn't work the word cock into a parliamentary uh, speech yeah. more than five times, uh, and she did. And I think it was quite funny. I think she kind of yes. stood up in a, some kind of farming and rural affairs debate or something and was talking about chickens or something like that. Um, uh, anyway, yeah, so, you know, she, no, she's, she, that's very interesting. I don't feel like I hear anything about Penny Morden these days. And she was an interesting no. player in the kind of Cameron era, in a way, of like junior minister in a few posts. Was she a cap? Did she get to cabinet level under May or end of the Cameron era? Yeah, she was defence secretary for a while. Okay, there we go. I mean, so she's held a big serious job. Yeah. Yeah. And now backbenches and talks about. Yeah. No, hey, good for her. Yeah, that's a good pick. I like that. Go on. Who's yours? Uh, well, there's who I want, and then there's the reality of the situation. <laughs> I would like to see in a similar vein to Penny Morden, actually. Uh, a bit more of a serious person. So someone like Tom Tugendhat, yep. uh, chair of the Foreign Affairs Select Committee at the moment, was has been talked yeah. about for years as a potential, you know, next big yeah. thing. Um, but always very eloquent, knows a lot about the foreign affairs situation, can talk intelligently about it. Um, no, and just seems like a good, just a decent guy, you know? I, I shouldn't... You know what I mean? A bit more serious. You know, kind yeah. of the Rory Stewart figure. It, well, yeah, dare I say. Uh, I was gifted Rory Stewart's book for Christmas, by the way, by a friend of mine. Where are you? <laughs> was. I haven't started it yet, but it's next on my list. Anyway, um, so that that would be my kind of ideal situation. Reality, uh, Rishi. I, I think it would be Big Rish. Really? Yeah. Um, he's been... He's, he's, yeah, well, we haven't talked about him yet. He's doing everything, you know, that he could be, that he could be doing for this type of job, right? Where... I was flicking through the mail online the other day and there were like pictures of him ice skating with his kids that were obviously set up that, by yeah. his team and it's like, come on, you know, could we could we be any more, you know, obvious <laughs> with this kind of thing? But I get it. Well, it's better than the Liz Trust power poses. It's it? much better than the Liz Trust power poses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me ice skating with your kids over the power poses any day of the week. Um, yeah. I think it, I mean, it, it may well be him. Um... But also, it seems like early pandemic, he was making the cho- some choices that I personally kind of don't think were correct. I mean, he was basically pushing, well, eat out to help out, which caused a huge surge in COVID yeah. cases when we weren't anywhere near rolling out a vaccine, for instance, as just one example. Stuff like where he's levying but tax it put rises, etc. But it put a huge amount of money into... Um, hospitality industry, it which did. is a huge industry it in this did. country. And that was the logic behind it. Yeah, I get the logic. I, I, and this is sure where I think he might I think he might fall short in because of the job he does. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of things a lot of people can point to if they don't like him. Yeah. And they can make a lot of arguments, you know, compare that to Liz Truss. What's her background in the last few years? Actually, international trade secretary for a long time. There are a lot of things they can point to if she's done this, she's done that and they're all positive. Mm-hmm. Whereas Rishi Sunak, you know, retrospectively 
not his fault and he, I, in my mind he did a very very good job um you can point to a lot of things that retrospectively you don't like yeah and they'll drag him through the mud for it potentially mm. if they really want to bring him down and that might be the thing that stops him you know what's happened to former chancellors who want to be prime ministers actually it's a bit yeah. of a dangerous situation Gordon Brown wasn't popular. George Osborne never made it. No, very true. I think it's more difficult to become Prime Minister from that position than than anyone would like. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, a very sound point. Because when, I mean, in my mind, where does most, I mean, I speak as an accountant, but where does most policy that I pay attention to coming from the government come from? Actually, it's the Chancellor. Sure. And he's he's raising taxes as well now Mm -hmm. and that's not instinctively a conservative membership thing to do yeah absolutely and there is pushback in cabinet about that jacob rees mogg saying why raise taxes when you can just sack more civil servants was essentially his argument (laughs) yes Yes, he wants to find how many billion yeah i think it's i think it's an annual 12.75 billion (laughs) is what i read this one so if you can find that many civil servants to sack each year Good luck. <laughs> I mean, they're paid fairly well, but they're not paid that well. Um, I mean, you decimate the civil service doing that, don't you? Uh, that's what he wants, isn't it? Anyway. The other, the other player that I see in this that we've not discussed is potentially Priti Patel. She's making overtures to the base, I would say, with her... You know, that's all she ever does. Isn't classic, it? Well, quite classic. You know, authoritarian <laughs> kind of leader situation. You know, to pull yeah. anything that moves, and you know, blah blah blah. Uh, what do you think? Yeah. You seem skeptical. I'm, I'm, I'm a tad skeptical. Um, I mean, if you want, if you want a leader that's going to win elections, I think Priti Patel has a narrow. <laughs> um, support base yeah. in the wider country um, she's very popular with some people and you know in the past I thought actually you're quite good uh, but I, I have concerns about the nationality and borders bill yeah. instinctively and you know for the conservative party base is she dealing with the channel migrants and mm-hmm. as far as they're concerned she's not, she's not yeah. and that's that's a big that's, that's, all, that's another one of the big issues in the last Actually, you know, potentially over a year for a lot of people, but particularly in the last six weeks when we get headlines of record numbers, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So I think she's got problems to deal with before she pivots to becoming leader of the Conservative Party. <laughs> if that is a job that one can pivot into at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Theresa May managed it. She was seen as a safe pair of hands as Home Secretary. True. A very safe pair of hands because she was, as people have said, you know, on top of the detail the entire time and a bit of a control freak, potentially. Yes. Yeah, and that was her downfall as PM, was the control freak, right? Because she, she government ground to a halt because every decision had to go across her desk and you can't make yeah. 10,000 decisions a day at every level of the civil service, I'm afraid, if you're PM. You can't absorb that much information. Anyway, uh, okay, I think that... Com- so my money's not on Pretty Patel. No, uh, neither's mine. Um, I, I agree. And I, you know. But we don't think he's going to... We don't think they're going to change leader anyway, Tom, so that was a pointless debate. So... It was interesting, though. Yeah, no, I don't. Um, what other? What other? Kind They're not of... going to change leader yet. I mean, that's the thing. You know, why? Why change leader right now? If if mistakes are going to be made and difficult decisions are going to be made, let him do it. Mm. 
you know, let him be the person that does all the shitty things <laughs> that need to be done to sort out the problems. And when the time is right, replace him. Yeah. Because that's just kind of how it works. You know, the Conservative Party is all about winning. Sure. General election is inevitable within the next two... Well, end of 2024 has got to happen, really. Yes. Um, so there's plenty of time to let him do it now. Yeah. Or redeem himself. No, it's think... as simple as that. You know, I remember in 2013 there was conversations of, oh, we've got to get rid of David Cameron, the polls are not good. <laughs> <clears throat> and he was still there come 2015 and he won the majority. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I do think the fundamentals are that the Conservatives can still win the next election. It's whether or not this current crop of Conservatives will win the next election. What's the next big scandal? Because, you know, when I, when I texted you that, kind of over the break, thinking about this podcast, we were, we were at the very tail end of party gate, which ran and yeah. ran, and which the government were yeah. completely unable to deal with because they kept on lying yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And more and more photos would come out. So what's the, what's the next big thing to kind of rock the, rock the premiership, rock, you know, rock the government? I don't know. I kind of feel like the party gate has actually run its course. Mm. You know, the drip drip has stopped. Yep. Um, I don't know. What's the next big thing to, to really damage the government? That's really difficult to say. Yes. Really, really difficult to say. It'll be something out of a, a kind of a left field, right? Like party gate. Or... Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I feel like we haven't entirely closed the book on, for instance, the the kind of cash to the PM. I know, you know, he's kind of been cleared by this report, but it feels like there's probably a bit more of a drip feed of that to come. This flat situation, but this, you know... It's, are it, people going to pay attention? I don't, I don't think that's a I big think enough it's, issue. I think it's I the slow erosion the, the, over time, right? It's the, oh, he did the party stuff, oh, and all this flat nonsense. Like, I think it's that yeah. which, which wears down over years... Yeah you know, the kind of middle ground voter that cuts through and, like, when it comes to the election, you know, it's the kind of thing that Labour will be parroting in every line, which is, that you can't trust this guy for love nor money. He's, you know, yeah. he bungled the COVID response in some aspects and he's been doing all of this, like, and the cost of living is way up. You know, it, it's going to become an attack line. Well, that's... Actually, I think that's going to be the crucial thing, the cost of living. Mm. That that I think will be the defining. Um, if you know, if the Labour Party is sensible, that's what they'll be pushing. Yeah, we're back to twenty fourteen. It's of the cost of living well, crisis. Well, and it was a very effective line, <laughs> just delivered by the wrong person. Yeah, yeah, and I guess, well, and actually, at that point, you know. The, the Conservative Party arguments were all about long-term economic plan. Actually, mm. the fundamentals of their case were economics yeah. and speaking to people about the pound in their pocket. And that's not the same at the moment. You know, you haven't got a chance to talking about tax cuts mm. and raising income tax thresholds. The arguments are potentially different this time round. I don't know. Big scandal. I don't think the channel migrants is going to go away. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of people who are very concerned about their borders yep. are going to be angry about that for a long time. Where else are they going to go? So that's, yeah, you know, that's yeah. I mean, it feels like France hasn't 
got a grip on that. Neither have we, therefore. Yeah. Well, sorry, I was kind of talking about the voters. You know, there's no Nigel Farage figure anymore. Right, sure. Well, apart from Nigel Farage, he has a show on GB News. Yeah, but... <laughs> I don't know. Big scandal or any any other predictions. If there's another by-election, I think Conservatives will lose it. Okay. Regardless of the seat. Regardless of the seat. I mean, North Shropshire showed that. You know, if you, if you have another kind of semi-rural or rural by-election... Yeah. I do think North Shropshire um, was fairly... They'll unique. throw everything at it. I think I do think Shropshire, North Shropshire was was fairly unique because of the circumstance, because it was in the absolute middle of basically six weeks of or eight weeks of sleaze yep. stories, and about yep. the MP that had resigned had resigned from that seat. <laughs> you know that's what kicks that whole thing off. So oh, it's such an unforced error. Wasn't that was it? awful. Uh, yeah. Right that he went in my eye, obviously, still. Yeah. But, like, oh, from a kind of party management point of view, I mean, what to do? Um, Atrocious. The other... The, the other but the, but the, oh, I was just going to say, the Lib Dems smell blood. You know, if they have an opportunity, they'll yeah. they, they'll do what they always do and ship in a thousand people on the day. <laughs> and, and that's how it works. Yeah. I, know, I even remember my, my council by-election in 2018. They had easily 100 people out campaigning yeah, for that Lib Dem candidate. It was insane. That's how much they want to win and create a perception of momentum. Because ultimately, mm-hmm. when it comes to a general election, they can't have a hundred people in every single no, no, of course, district ward, can they? And that's that's why they don't win when it comes to general elections. <laughs> yes, but they do win on very concentrated things. Mm, absolutely. The other, the other one I've just thought of is: Do you think? We're talking about, you know, elections and particularly looking forward to a general election that has to happen by December 2024. Do you think we get the story this year, which happens, it's like, it's like, you know, the start of Advent before Christmas, which is the Tories have hired, you know, ex-election consultancy. Uh, Do we get that this year? Are are they going to start election planning this year? Do you need to have... You need to start doing the focus groups, which give you lines like long-term economic plan, so that you that you have enough time to drill them in. Because that long-term economic plan, they were saying for at least a year before the 2015 yeah. election. I mean, that really they banged that in so hard. Everybody in the country knew yeah. that phrase. Yeah, it was unbelievable message discipline. But you need time to prep for it. So, is this the year that we start getting the consultancies in to do that work? I bet they're already in. Crosby Texter will already be... They'll just be on retainer permanently, I suspect. <laughs> but yeah, I would agree. Um, that that sort of thing, the forming of the arguments in the next election will start this year. They absolutely will. Um, and, you know, my bet's still on it's going to be economics, mm. cost of living crisis, or whatever, you know, some variation of that. Yeah. But yes, I think you're right. We're going to see those stories. Conservative Party brings in blah, 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 blah. And it does feel like if Keir was, I'm not going to say any good, but better at his job. Also, if he caught COVID less, I don't know what the guy's doing. How does he manage to catch it? It's interesting, it isn't it? All the time. And be exposed to people all the time. Like, uh, I, I honestly don't, is he just sitting on the tube? Is he just going around like licking door handles? I just don't get it. Um, <laughs> or is it, he doing what, you know, the rest of us aren't doing and kind of testing twice a day? I 
it's just mad to me. Anyway, poor him. I hope he's okay. Um, I'm sure he will be. Well, he's had it often enough. I'm sure he's, <laughs> he's probably antibodied up to the absolute guilt. Um, <laughs> exactly. So, anyway, if, if Keir was uh, better at his job, and now he's, you know, he did this little reshuffle, he should have, you know, his ideal team, and we've got people like Yvette Cooper, you know, back in, we've got yeah. West Streeting, you know, big names. And <laughs> you've still got Angela Rayner there, of course, tr- desperately trying to sink the ship at every opportunity, uh, making Oh, well, he can't get rid of her, can he, because she's comments. elected. Yeah, I know. I feel bad. That's a, that's a real albatross around his neck, I think. Like she, she made. Well, that's the, pro- that's the fundamental problem of the Labour Party. No one takes control. <laughs> yeah, because they're, they're too democratic. You know, <laughs> they were riding high, and his message of kind of centrism of like, you know what? I really don't like what the Tory government are doing in these areas, but fair enough, they got the vaccine rollout right. And then she's like, all Tories are scum, and just completely yeah. wipes out all of that message. Like it's yeah. just, it's just awful. She's just, it's just like the absolute worst bits. Not the absolute worst bits. There were worse bits of the Corbyn era. Um, some of the worst bits of the Corbyn era are just the constant like antagonism that gets you nowhere electorally, yeah. but just serves the yeah. base. It's so boring to listen to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, they're not speaking. They're not. I mean, he started to, but not in an effective manner, speak to the country, and she certainly doesn't. Yeah. Um, and that 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 is the problem actually there's none of that discipline that we talked about of the conservatives in the run-up to 2015 mm-hmm. there's no uniform approach to it although having said that you know that poll of red wall seats where yep. labor are now 16 points ahead you know that that's pivotal that's the majority slash from 80 down to 10 yeah oh it's huge and I, 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 my you know outlier prediction for the next general election is that we see that kind of thing i think labor make gains and i think Put the put the Conservatives back into a kind of David Cameron post twenty fifteen era, where you've got a popularish leader, but with a razor small majority, which makes getting anything yeah. done very hard because you have a few antagonists on the back benches, Steve Baker, for instance, and you know, and they just they just sink your legislative agenda, um, and then we have another election in mm. you know twenty twenty six. So, I, I think that's what oh. this is. Is is the ultimate, you know, if that kind of thing happens, and I realise we're, we're getting on a bit, but if that kind of thing happens, and we have a repeated, you know, small majorities or minority governments, are we ultimately just going to end up with some form of proportional representation and an acceptance in British politics, well, an acceptance in British politics that consensus government should be the way forward or is this just me thinking you know we should actually be more consensual in our politics than we are antagonistic because we are very antagonistic yeah we are and Westminster's designed that way even you know the shape of the chamber if you look at other countries it's a lovely semicircle where everyone yeah. sits together and ours is opposition of government right um no I don't think we ever move to proportional representation in this country no. because by definition if someone wins an election they're not going to introduce it, right? Because they'll just no. reduce their chance of winning the next election. Um, yeah. I also just don't think... It's a bit like the, uh, you know, AV thing, isn't it? Like, we kind of tried that. <laughs> and it's 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 a, a... People are very, in this country, are very conservative with a lowercase c, right? They don't like huge change, I think yeah. it'd be fair to say. And you have to... And Brexit was obviously like the aberration there, where it was kind of you know, it was a huge change and it was sold as this radical kind of transformation, all this kind of stuff. But 
on the whole, people don't love huge change, fair to say, right? And that's what Keir is learning, right? He's getting rid of all yeah. the radical Corbyn shit and saying, actually, steady as she goes. Fair enough. Um, B, it's very hard to get people interested in electoral policy, I think. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, we don't have great, like, civics, as the Americans call it, education, you know? People don't no. really understand... I, like, man in the street, yeah, understands how an election works, but, like, the nitty-gritty of it, the 650 seats, blah, 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 I'm not sure people hugely engage with. You vote, and you think, oh... Yeah, you go and cross a box and you leave. Right, and you're voting mostly... Yeah, the local candidate's name is on the paper, but ultimately you're voting for a national party. Like, no-one looks at the local candidate's name. There's a reason they put the logo on the ballot paper. Exactly. Um... You know, so I just don't. I just don't think we'd ever get a referendum on it. And if we did, I don't think it would go anywhere. I don't think it's a sexy campaigning issue for a government to try and for for a party no. to try and enter government off the back of it. I don't think enough people care. So no, I, I, I I'm gonna poo poo that entire idea, Tom. What? <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I just threw it out there at eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Are we going to commit to try and doing these on a more regular rolling basis now or into the new year? Oh, I think we should. I think yeah. we should. It's yeah. a bit of fun, like every, isn't it? Every other week. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe we try and... Because there's not much news at the moment, like I said at the top. Maybe we try and push it back to doing a couple of episodes about, you know, specific issues or whatever. We try and kind of refocus in a way something like that I don't know I mean if you know if listeners want to get in touch I think all of our listeners could actually text us I think they've got our number so (laughs) (laughs) any feedback is that because there's so few of them (laughs) look if our listener wants to get in touch he can just he can just whatsapp us (laughs) it's just a shame it's not Dominic Cummings isn't it oh great shame great shame Um, Dom if you're listening if you're listening Maybe that's maybe that's my new. I don't have any New Year's resolutions. Maybe that's my New Year's resolution is we try and get Dom on the podcast. I'll drop him an email and be like, "Look, you know, we'd love to have you on. Do a little interview. let us know how it goes." Yeah, I will do. I'll do. I'll, I'm rolling. I'll ask him to check his junk. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Open Conservative Project with me and Sam. Um, this has been our New Year's and beginning of Series 3. We're going to try and be a bit more regular with it, but we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, I'll leave it there. Yeah,